Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Oh man, okay, we get an applause for that one in here. Okay, I've been preaching all morning. I just got to tell you guys, when that, when that advertisement's going on, we look out in the congregation, it's funny, two things happen. Some of you guys are going, and some of you are going, what is this? It's really funny, but flicks it up. That's right. Ask your pastor. It is good for you. It is good for you. So friends, today we're looking at joy. I hope you're ready. This is really a great, a great word for us here today. We're going to be looking at John 16. Verses 19 to 24, and as we open God's word here this morning, I'd invite you to pray here with me. Jesus, we believe that you have something very special to give us from your word. And so, Lord, we pray that our hearts would unfold before you, that your very word, Lord, would be implanted deep inside of us. Jesus. We pray this in your name. And all of God's people said, amen. John 16, 19 to 24. Jesus saw that his disciples wanted to ask him about this. And so he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more? And then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. And that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. We're grateful for God's word here this morning, aren't we? So today we're looking at joy. What a great word. Can we just say it together? Joy. Yeah. Now, if I had a uh, thermometer that was able to measure joyfulness in your own life, and I was able to kind of go around and take everybody's temperature here this morning, what would yours read? Would it read high? Would it be low? Where would that kind of be? You know, a chance at high. I heard a high out here. We got some lows maybe in the house too. It's okay. You know, chances are, if I was to say to you, Um, you know, could you use a little bit more joy in your life? There's probably nobody in here right now that would say, no, I've hit my joy quota, please. No more for me. Uh, We don't need too much of that. No, we can always use more joy. Joy is good for the soul. Amen. You know, did you know that studies actually show that joyful people have less chance of having a heart attack? Joyful people maintain a healthier blood pressure and tend to have a lower cholesterol level as well. That's true. Did you know that there's actual research to prove that joy boosts 
our actual immune systems. When we have joy, our immune systems just kind of go, okay, I'm ready. Is this starting to sound like a flicks it up commercial again? <laughs> I think it is. I think it is just a little bit. But, you know, um, speaking of commercial, you know, I was actually a uh, advertising major at Texas Tech University. Are there any Texas Tech people in the house right now? I'm the only one. I'm the only one in the house right now. Okay, that's all right. I'm going to give you some joy from Texas Tech here. Um, but as an advertising major in, in Texas Tech, you know, I wrote advertisements. I wrote um, ad campaigns where you'd string a whole lot of these together. I even wrote jingles from time to time to somehow be able to salvage what failing grade I might be having in, in my advertising class at Texas Tech and just write a jingle so the professor would go, well, maybe I'll pass them anyway. But these jingles that I wrote, you know, you guys had really great power. They actually had power to persuade people into thinking that certain experiences or even products could increase the level of joyfulness in their lives. So take Q-tips, for example, okay? Did you know that Q-tips actually have the power to increase joy in your life? It's true. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking clean ears? <laughs> like, is that like real joy is clean ears? Well, you might not know this, but the Q-tip actually has multiple uses. Would you like to hear maybe one here? Okay, let's see. Q-tip sticks made of cotton. Q-tips, how can they be forgotten? Q-tips, will you spoil me rotten with the things you do for me? Q-tips helps you clean your ear out. Air conditioner vents gets the dust out. Q-tips, you make me cry out in every way. Q-tips, you make my day. There. There, see? Q-tips and joy. They go together. Let's close in prayer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. We're having some fun here in this series that we're in right now. I know we, we teed that up for you last week, but we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, good medicine, where we're taking a look at the first big three of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace. But let's say this verse together. It's a great one to put to memory. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. That's a great one to put to memory. Maybe I should write a jingle for, for that one too. Who knows? Now, fruit doesn't just appear out of thin air, does it? Uh, the, the actual origin of fruit is not the produce aisle at King Supers, as familiar as we are with that. Fruit, uh, fruit is actually brought forth from somewhere, isn't it? It's brought forth from a vine or a tree of some sort. And Jesus connects with his disciples about this in John 15 when he talks about the fruit that we're talking about here today. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will, what? Bear much fruit. And then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus would go on to say this. He said, I have told you this so that what? My joy might be in you and that what? Your joy may be complete. 
So friends, today we're looking at joy, but it's not just any joy that we're looking at. Q-tips, all this kind of stuff. That's not what we're looking at. We're looking at my joy, says Jesus. We're looking at the joy that actually finds its home and its authorship and nowhere else but the Lord. This is a complete joy. It's a full joy. This is not a joy merely like a firework that gets shot off into the sky and then explodes really big and then to fade into the night sky behind it. This is not a joy that kind of shows up one moment and then is removed for another. This is an eternal joy. And Jesus says, this joy, it actually belongs to me. But here's the thing. I'm not so selfish to where I'm going to be keeping this joy inside myself, which he could. He wants to give this gift as a joy for you. And, fr and friends, I just hope that today all of us are postured and ready, whether we're in the house right now or online hearing this sermon, that your heart might be empty and open, that the joy of the Lord would be able to enter in. And that's where we're going today. You know, there are many times, aren't there, where joy is just so palpable. And this is kind of what it looks like. Life is humming along. You know, the sun, it's out. Money, it's in the bank. Family, oh, we're just loving each other. You know, parenting, piece of cake. Come on, give me something harder. <laughs> and joy is just kind of like flowing from you because it's just everything's just kind of going the way you want it to. Even your own health is kind of going where you want it to. But when trouble comes, or it's in the forecast, or when real sorrow is at hand, or when pain or suffering is no longer this distant thing that you're hearing about happening in someone else's life, but it's on your front doorstep. When those things are happening, suddenly joy is no longer on the bottom shelf for us to be able to receive. It seems out of reach or maybe completely gone altogether. Friends, we need a joy no matter our circumstances. Michael, I love that prayer that you prayed earlier. I heard it. No matter the circumstances of where we're in, that joy would reach us there no matter where we are. That's where we're headed today. That's the kind of joy that we're looking at. In our passage today, Jesus and his disciples are together, and Jesus is prepping them for what's just ahead. He's had the Last Supper with them. They had a great time eating there together. He's washed his disciples' feet. Judas has started the betrayal process and has gotten everything set. And Jesus and his disciples are now walking along the road on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus knows exactly what's ahead. This is the road that he will eventually walk to go and give his life for all of humanity. His own death is out in front of him. And yet, Jesus circles back to his disciples, wanting to comfort them and say, hey guys, you know what? It's a good thing I'm going. He actually says it's a good thing that I'm leaving to go to the Father. Why? Because if I don't go to the Father, guys, I can't send you this really great gift called the Spirit of Truth or the Advocate. He says, unless I go, I can't send that back to you. But it seems like the disciples, all they can really hear at this moment is, you're leaving? Wait, what? Where are you going? What do you mean you're going to a place where we can't follow? I mean, we're your followers, aren't we? What's going on? And he's starting to, if there was a major key in the scene beforehand, it's now turned into kind of a minor key. And they want to ask him some questions. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. And so he said to them, 
Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. Jesus doesn't pull any punches here from his disciples. He just tells it like it is. Guys, it's going to get hard. It's going to get real hard. In fact, probably the worst nightmare of your life is about to appear right here before you. And it's not because it's going to be the worst nightmare because you're going to be witnessing terrible things. It's actually going to be the worst nightmare because you will see me no more. And you can imagine the disciples' sense of sadness and despair, you know, over this. Now, you and I, we sit here 2,000 years after the fact, right? We know the rest of the story. He is risen. Yeah, let's get a little Easter early. Let's practice again. He is risen. Yeah, we all know how it ends. But the disciples in this, in this moment have no idea. And all they can seem to hear is that, that he's leaving. You will see me no more. But then he says, you will weep and you will what? Mourn. Now, what's the difference here? Weeping is crying. Weeping is crying no matter the circumstances around you. Mourning actually comes whenever... Someone that you know and love very dearly is all of a sudden acutely gone because they have died. That's where mourning comes from. And Jesus here says, not only will you weep, but you will mourn. And I imagine the Apostle John, who's writing this letter to us here today, being among the most sorrowful. I mean, just moments ago, John was reclining at the table with Jesus, the great I am, at the table just enjoying fellowship with this guy. And, and now he's getting the message, you're going to weep and you're going to mourn. You will grieve. But then there's this great turn. And I'm so delighted that John 16, 20a had a 20b along with it. Here comes 20b. Are you ready? You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Jesus acknowledges the reality of pain right here. You will grieve. And what I want to do is just hit pause for just a second before we get too excited and, and help you realize that no matter what you face in your life, no matter what kind of sorrow, no matter what low you are in, even if you are facing your own death, God is big enough to be able to enter into that place. So much so that he says, oh guys, you will grieve I'm not going to just take you out of this whole thing. But then what happens? This big enough God comes back and says, but your grief will what? Turn to joy. Now, I love this. Turn to joy. It's not like grief was there one moment, took a vacation, and then here comes joy to take its place. It's turned to joy. It's almost like the molecular makeup of grief turns to joy. Do you see that? It's like a caterpillar that all of a sudden went into a cocoon and turned into something completely different. That grief turned into joy. I just love that. That's our God. Now, do you know what one of my favorite words in this verse is? Can y'all pull that last verse up real quick for me? Real quick. I just want to take a look at this. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. You know what my favorite word right there is? No, it's not joy. No. No, I heard it, I think. It's right in the middle. But, 
That's it. It's but. You're like, what? But? There's a lot better words in there than the word but. Okay, watch this. I, I think, okay, Tim's not here today, so I can say this. Don't tell him I said this, okay? <laughs> can you imagine a sermon series that was the butts of the Bible? I think we could do it. The butts of the Bible. Can you imagine the jingles I could come up with for the butts of the Bible? All right, here's a couple of butts of the Bible. Are you ready? Now, when I say the word but, I want you to say the word but. Are you ready? My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Hallelujah. That's Psalm 73. Watch this one. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, oh, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. He is risen. Come on, people. 1 Corinthians 15, that's where that one came from. Here's one that applies to today, Psalm 30. Weeping may stay, might spend the night. Weeping may stay for the night, but... Rejoicing comes in the morning, Psalm 30. And then our passage here, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. My favorite word. Now, you know, Jesus isn't merely saying to his disciples, hey guys, you know what? When you die, I'll be there in heaven to receive you and then your joy will be complete. Although this is true, we claim this in our faith. We're grateful for it. That's not what he's saying here. He's also not saying, hey guys, when I come in and set up the new shop, the new heavens and the new earth will appear, all things will be made new, then your joy will be complete. That's not what he's saying here. Although true, and we must be able to point out the truth of that statement. But what is actually saying here? He's actually saying that when you see me, you will have joy. When you see Jesus, you will have joy. When you know Jesus, you know joy. Jesus is trying to get to his disciples right here. Guys, when you have a relationship with me, you will have joy. It comes with the package. It just comes. Jesus so badly wants his disciples to understand what's coming that he uses this example of a pregnant woman in labor. Did you hear that? Verse 21. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Now, how many of you have been in labor before? Yeah. Guys, put your hands down. <laughs> Good grief. Listen. Okay, women, we're talking to you right now, okay? <laughs> Uh, what's a part of labor? Pain, right? Struggle. They call it labor for a reason. Now, Brooke and I have three beautiful boys. And uh, all who I was privileged to be uh, in the room with whenever they were born. It was incredible. It was incredible. A little crazy, but it was, it was, it was incredible. Now, I don't have a clue <laughs> as to what it is to give birth. I, I will not have that you know, understanding. But I do have two observations that I came to while watching this experience. Number one is this. During childbirth, pain happens. <laughs> All the women in the house said, 
Amen to that. Epidurals, they're of the Lord, but they don't always take. But it seems like pain is just unavoidable in, in the birthing, in that process. The other thing that I noticed is that when a baby is born and, and the labor process is underway, there's no stopping it. There's no pause button that I could just kind of, you know, hit and just go, yeah, let's just freeze. Right. Can you imagine me going to my wife and <laughs> while we're there just saying, hey, honey, why don't you just kind of, can we hold on for a minute? Yeah, why, can, we can we put this off till next week? I mean, I got a tea time. I kind of need to get, could we do this? No, no. When a birth is happening, that thing is coming. I would not be standing here before you all if I tried to get that process to stop. What is Jesus actually saying here? He's saying, guys, pain is coming. It's inevitable. But he's also saying joy is coming, and that's inevitable as well. And here's the reason. You know me. When you abide with me, my joy comes, and there's no stopping it. Now, is pain part of the process? You bet. Can we somehow sidestep all the pain and suffering that we can have in this life just because we know Jesus? No, not a chance. Not a chance. But just as surely as joy arrives in tandem with the child that is seen once he's born, when you see me, Jesus says, you have joy. Do you see that? When you know Jesus, you know joy. John would say later in the very next chapter, now this is eternal life, that they may what? Know you, God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And when that knowledge of that person, that, that God comes by the power of his Holy Spirit and lives into your heart, man, the Holy Spirit comes as a package deal in knowing Jesus and that fruit of joy comes forth. Amen? Now, I know in a room like this, you're like, I, I mean, I get it. Many of you are just going, why am I not feeling it? I'm not feeling the joy. And you're like, you know, so now, there's two reasons for that. One, this could be the case because you just don't know Jesus. You just have not come to into a place of knowing who your Savior is. You hear all this kind of stuff and go, what? that sounds aloof. But if, if Jesus has not come into your life, if you don't know what it is to be able to draw from the sap of his Holy Spirit in your life, of course, we're not going to know what joy is. But the other thing is that you might actually know Jesus and joy is just so far off the radar because of the circumstances of life that you're like, I, I just don't know where that is. I can't feel it. I want to give voice to that. And I just got to say this. Um, sorry, I forgot that was there. <laughs> I want you to see something I noticed in verse 22 when Jesus is speaking to his very troubled disciples right here. Um, and I just got to say, when... You know, when we prepare sermons, it's fun. We, we go through these things, don't we, Michael, where we kind of go, we get our manuscript together, we kind of line all these things up. Yeah, that's, oh, that's good. Oh, I don't know what to say. Okay, good. And then we kind of end here. And I, I had a certain thing I, where I wanted to go. And then I thought, I'm just going to read the passage one more time. And it, I saw something that I didn't see before. And I want you to see this. This is the power of the word of God right here. Jesus says, 
so with you. Now is your time of grief, but what? I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. You see, friends, Jesus knew that his disciples would lose sight of him. He never lost sight of them. You see that? Of course, the disciples would lose sight of him. Of course, he knows in our lives that we are going to lose sight of him. Amen? But we worship and we come to a God that does not lose sight of you. You have a God in heaven that is hunting you down, not scary, but with joy in his hand to be able to give you by the power of his spirit. So take heart. (laughs) Friends, we are going to lose sight of Jesus. He knows that. But that's why he is not letting his eyes off of us. One of my favorite verses in Psalm 121 is at the very end where it says, the Lord will watch over your coming and your going when? Both now and forevermore. That's the scope of God's love for you. That's the scope of God's sight for you as well. No one can take away that joy from you. You know, I remember a few weeks back, or a few months back, I just found myself in this funk, you know? Anybody ever get in a funk? It's, like, it's not like you're just like totally wasted, you know, wasted, but it's just, you're just kind of like, eh, I'm just not, not feeling it. And I, I just had a lot of mountains out of the molehills, you know, that I was making, as we'd say in Texas. Um, and a good friend of mine picked up on this. And I hope that all of you have a good friend like this in your life. I was kind of hoping that when I was bringing him my complaints and stacking them up for him, oh, look at this, he'd be like, oh, that's hard. That's so hard. Oh, let's, talk. let's swim around in this for a little bit. But you know what he did? This is what he said. Matt, this is what he said to me. Matt, do you suppose it's time to take note of where you see God's blessings? Oh, ow. That hurt a little, you know? And yet, as the proverb says, you know, wounds from a friend can be trusted. Um, I found myself praying from that moment of just saying, oh, Lord, fill me with your joy again. Could you just increase my awareness once again of where you're at work? How can I, how can I somehow see not all of these things that I'm making up, but just see you in my day-to-day? And you know what I did? I bought like a hundred of these little black books, and I, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to start chronicling the, the joys of the Lord as they come to me in the day. And, and guys, what I did, this sounds so simple. It was so transformational in my life. I would just start writing things down of things that would give me joy in my day and write them down. And at the end of the day, I would just take a moment, not, not this big, long time, but just say, oh, Lord, I just read back through them. I got to tell you, just chronicling those down was so life transformational for me. But really taking them back to Jesus <laughs> and saying, oh, Lord, look, my life. Look at what you have given me. I think there's somebody in here that probably needs one of these. I'm going to put one over here on this side. I'll, I'll just put one in the middle. I'm going to put one on over here. And if that's you, y'all can fight, off, fight over those you know, on your way back. But to see Jesus, to actually see him in your day is to have joy. To know him is to know joy. It's so amazing what happens when that joy of Jesus just makes its home in your heart. 
you see things differently. Sometimes when you can just come into this room and worship, boy, a worship service all of a sudden gets transformed as well. I remember as a worship leader coming into this very room years ago when I got to do that, and in the morning, if I had the joy of the Lord, not just in my head, but in my heart, man, I just wanted you guys to be a part of that. I just wanted to say, you got to come see this. You got to come see Jesus. And then there were other days where it was just like making donuts. I was just the donut guy, you know, coming in here, play the song. Okay, time for a nap. <laughs> it was such a miserable day. But we have those days, don't we? You know, I, um, when the joy of Jesus finds its way in you, just things change. And as the band comes back, you know, here, I want to I end this way. Um, you know, I get to spend a lot of time with people in the hospital. And one of my favorite verses to share when I'm in that context is, is this verse from Psalm 16. I wanted to share this with you. Listen to what David writes. He writes, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Therefore, my heart is, what? Glad. And my tongue, what? Rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You Make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy. Where? In your presence. Joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I just love that image right there. You know, the joyful God offers us into his presence. Wow. Abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit, Jesus says. So much so that my joy will be in you. Fill me with joy in your presence. Apart from that presence, we can't find that joy. It's just not accessible to us. And I love the image of in his presence is that joy. But then look at this, with the eternal pleasures at your right hand. It's almost like he's just right there, we're in his presence. But then you, when you come into the joy of the Lord, you realize, oh my gosh, this is coming from a place that is so much bigger than I can possibly fathom. And all you can do is just stand there and go, wow. It's like scuba diving, you know, in the, in the ocean and then thinking, oh, this is lovely looking. And then all of a sudden it kind of goes off into this abyss and you're like, oh, that's a lot of water. That's, that's our God. He is not gonna run out of joy. And he wants to fill you with those pleasures. So friends, that pleasure, the delight in the Lord, that joy that comes from knowing Jesus. Do you know this joy today. Can you see where the source is? You will fill me with joy in your presence. And that's where his presence, where we find that true joy. My joy, as Jesus says, that joy of the Lord will never run dry and never fade away. Lord, we pray today that you would fill us up once again Lord, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us, Lord, that the fruit of the Spirit 
would be born in us. Lord, we thank you that you weren't so selfish that you would just keep the joy of the Lord to yourself. You could have. But Lord, as we acknowledge the cross, we recognize that it was for the joy set before you that you endured it. And so, Lord, all we have in our heart right now this morning is, is a spirit of gratitude. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us, Lord. Remind us once again that you have done great things in our midst as we sing. Lord, we love you. Be with us now, even as we bring our whole selves to you to worship you and praise you and magnify you and glorify you for all that you are. Friends, let's stand together as we sing. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.